rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Episode 66 of the Matt Jones Podcast here on a beautiful day in Louisville. Our second one in two weeks. Some people thought we'd do one and take another year off. There you go. Eat that. We've got a good show here. We're going to do my man Tony Vanetti, who a lot of people, it's been like two years since Tony and I have done a podcast together. And then I'll bring on Ed DeRosa to talk about the Derby. He's the one that always gives me the long shot that ends up hitting, helping me hit the trifecta from Twin Spires. He'll come on here in a minute. But let's start with our guy, Tony Vanetti. Tony? Yes, sir. It is good to see you. I am trying to read your aura right now to see if you're telling the truth or. You heard Harvey. This you morning. know what? That that's that concept intrigued me at a point. I went. I wonder if that would be an awesome thing or the worst thing ever. Like you could tell if someone is lying to you by their aura, <laughs> right? The aura is changing. Or if do we want that? Would we want right, that? You gotta have to turn. Like move your mic back. Is it is it too loud for you? No, it's you're good. Okay. Uh, uh, or if you were making someone upset and their aura changed, you could say. I'm sorry. Am I? You know when he you? started using the word aura, it threw me off because that word has changed for me indefinitely. Because you know we've talked about my seizures. Oh, right? okay. Because you know I have epilepsy, All which right, I right. think if you listen to the radio show, you know, but maybe just podcast listeners wouldn't know that. And an aura in that context is before you have a seizure, you have what's called an aura. Do you know about this? No. Uh. Uh-uh. It's really a fascinating thing, and it it's a warning. It, it is your body giving you a warning that a seizure is coming. Wow. And here's what happens with me. I don't, this is not how I expected to start this show. Oh, right. But you get that, and it, it feels like, and this is the best way I can describe it, it feels like you're about to have an orgasm. No, I mean, it just that's what it feels like. And really? it's because your body wants you to let it happen because seizures are warnings. Right. So a seizure is your body warning you something's wrong with you. Right. Okay. But the pe- for people like me who have epilepsy, it's you're you're it's messed up, right? And so right. they're warning you, but nothing's wrong. Right. right. Okay. And so an aura is telling you're about to have this, and it feels kind of amazing because it, your body wants you to let it happen. God, the, the body is amazing. It is amazing. Thing. It really is. So here's is. the thing with me: when I'm awake, right, I can have one of those and stop it. Okay. But it's tough because you don't want to stop it. Because Matt is so powerful, he can even stop his own seizures. Well, when I'm awake. When now, when, awake. when I'm when asleep, you're asleep you just when I'm asleep, I have them, which is why I have, like, nocturnal epilepsy. I only have them when I'm asleep. but Because I, I can stop them. But so, so since I was a little kid, Tony, I've had these auras since I was a little child, and right. it feels like deja vu. And it feels like you're like, I've been here before, and it feels like you're about the best. Again, I mean, just being descriptive, it feels like you're about to have an orgasm. Right. And it's hard to stop, but I've gotten to the point that I. But can you stop haven't it. had one in quite some time. No, I haven't. Yeah, but, a couple but, of years, right? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Okay, yeah. But but the thing is, it's 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 just fascinating the way the way your brain works is absolutely fascinating. So when Harvey was talking about aura, like in that phrase, I always think of this other thing. Right. Yes. But Harvey was talking about the aura around. Yes, you. Yes, so he, he sort was of saying thing. there's a color around your head. I'm sorry if I jumped in the middle of that, uh, where he could tell if you were someone was lying. Yes. And I said, well, it's like a mood aura. Well, you know, so, they say dogs. When you when they say that dogs can sense seizures. Yeah. Yeah. 
what they're talking about is, the is they aura. sense the aura. Yeah, right. They, that's why they can tell you're going to have a seizure before you have it. Now, think about that for a minute. Right. How can a dog feel someone's right. aura? Right. I'm sounding all metaphysical, but it's true. There are dogs that can do that. Welcome to the holistic edition of the Matt Jones Podcast. That's exactly right, and I'm going to sell you some herbal medication <laughs> here in a little bit. Now, speaking of herbs and spices, right? Yeah. this yeah. edition and this return of the Matt Jones Podcast yeah, yeah. is sponsored by Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen in mm. Lexington. You know, if you eat out like I do, Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen makes huge salads so you can eat and it'd be healthy and delicious. Awesome. They're packed with veggies and meat. You can get whatever you want. My favorite is the bluegrass uh, blackberry. Ooh. And it's like it's got berries. It's got all these Fruity. fruits. You can throw chicken in it. Mm-hmm. It's great. And at lunchtime, they got a ton of people, but you can also go for dinner. They mix the bowls in front of you. They also have soups and lemonade. There's four of them in Lexington, and there's one in Louisville, too. There is? Where? Hurstbourne Parkway. I got to go see that. I didn't actually know there was one in Louisville. Until you just saw it. I really didn't because I always eat at the one in Lexington. Right. Well, you looks well like, I, it looks like you've been in there a lot because you've lost some weight. A little bit. I fluctuate. It depends on the day. But anyway, you can go. So here, the locations are 203 North Hurstburn Parkway. Okay. Then Sharky Way in Lexington, North Broadway, Hamburg, and Palomar. So go check out Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen. It's great to see you. It's good to see you, buddy. The uh, roast was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was. People don't realize how hard that is. See, here's the thing. Rouse didn't come because he was too cool. You were there? He was there. Oh, Rouse is taping. You were there? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, oh, that's right. Fun. I did see you. That's yeah. right. It, it's really hard to do it well. Yes. And Agreed. I, here's how anal I am, Tony. Yeah. I was like trying to control my own roast. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> and we all, trust me, we all knew what was going on, right? But not like, I didn't care so much what you all said. I wanted everyone to do a good job. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I really I did. Know. I was worried that people were going to go up there and bomb, and I was going to feel bad for them. Yeah, but you did you know that all of us got together and talked about you trying to control the uh, the, the roast? <laughs> I don't know if you knew that at all. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We all called each other and was like, he's trying to do this and this. I know, I know, I know. Let's just get after him. Okay, we'll get after no, him. No, you all did. I, here's the way I thought. I thought everybody did get after me. Everybody had, took good shots, but no one was to me. No, no, not like the White House correspondents did. <laughs> it's not like the White House correspondents. <laughs> Dinner. No, that was a different level. So, so if we grade the roast, first of all, are they ever going to release the DVD? I think they could sell that. Uh, and people would buy. They it. had they had Terry's out pretty quickly, and I think it was released online. I believe. And, Don't you and, think people would buy that? Oh, I think absolutely. If they sold it and it went to Centerstone, the place that you did it for, would they would make a lot of money from it? Yes, I would think so. Here's who was so Tony let it off. Mm-hmm. Here's what surprised me about you: how mm-hmm. much you cussed. I did curse. I I said the S word. That was it. I said the S word. But but I didn't see you as a cursing guy. Well, you came out of the box like George Carlin. I was asked. I was asked to please please help us out because several of the guys had said and girls. We all know there was only one girl uh, that said, I am raunchy. You have to set it up. I don't want to be the only one. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll say the S word and, and so we'll get it So you decided going. to curse to set it up. To for set it up so else. everyone, so somebody else doesn't feel uh, awkward. And, and I, you I had know. to like set it up because the opening comedian was terrible. No, I wouldn't say that. No. no I would. He, he, stop it, both of you. He's used to working cruises. And do you know who's on cruises? Old people. And old, he works cruises? Yes. There's a whole line of these guys that work just cruises. They travel around so the why world. why did they get him? 
Because he's funny to old people. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want you're missing here. Uh, these people go on cruises and they want some, you know, comedy. Well, he struggled. Stop it. <laughs> Your roast, I thought, was an A+. I got to tell you, I thought Terry's was, it, Terry's was different because it was a little softer. It was a little bit more like, let's take some jabs at Terry. Yeah, it was like Bill Lamb making jokes that were all double entendres about golf. Well, right. It, you <laughs> it know, was we, like, we, Terry we, still is old enough. He can't get it in the hole. Oh, I know. Uh, well, the <laughs> problem like, with Terry's. Come on, dude. The problem with Terry's is that someone would go, and then they'd have a Mitch McConnell video, right? And it's like, Mitch McConnell's not going to be funny on any planet on, in you know, any century. On Terry's, in my opinion, you were very funny. I think I was pretty funny. Kent and I Taylor think Kent Taylor was very Was the funny. best. Kent Taylor was – Kent Taylor told a joke that made a person get up and leave. Yeah. Oh, no, it was no, awesome. I'm serious. Yeah, it was awesome. Can I tell that? Why can't I? don't I? know. Can you? Because I don't even know what the guy's name was. Apparently there was a a chef. Wasn't he a chef? Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about um, um, Chef Dean Corbett. He didn't leave. Who was it? He went made- to the bathroom. Who made the joke about the pills? Uh, that, that was that was Kent Taylor. He said because Daryl Isaacs had just gotten no, no, in no, his no, wreck. No, 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 no. He made a joke about someone who'd had a pill problem. Yes, Dean Corbett had a, a pill problem. He got busted with some uh, pain kills, uh, and. Daryl Isaacs was there. He had just gone through surgery and had pain pills. And Kent said, hey, Dean, ask, you're sitting next to Daryl. Just ask him if you need a pain pill. And it was. No, no, no. That's not how he said it. Yeah, no, yeah. You know what Kent said? Daryl told me he's in some pain. And then he just out of nowhere went, hey, Dean, you got anything in the car? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. No, no, no. That's exactly right. I thought he got up and left. Because, no, I think he went to the bathroom. I think he got up ah, and he left. he went to the bathroom. I think he got up and left. All right. So, so then with mine, I thought. I really thought everyone had their moment. You know what I mean? Like no mm-hmm. one, no one completely bombed. Even Daryl Isaacs yeah. had a line where he he just looked at everybody and goes, "I'm the most famous dude up here." And the right. way he said yes, it was yes. kind of funny. Well, actually. he 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 stopped. He paused for the longest time, and you're thinking he's having a heart attack. And then he st- and he kind of smiles and looks down and he looks around and he goes. All I know is that I'm the biggest celebrity here. Yeah, that was and, a good line. And it was a huge line, boom. And I, and I remember telling him before it started, I said, I don't care where you are in the roast with your thing. Once you get the biggest laugh, Sit down. wrap it up. <laughs> Sit down. Finish it up and get down. See, that was a problem. Yeah. Is that there are people who don't know when to stop. <laughs> you know? I will give Drew Franklin credit. He was the, awesome. Because the Drew, Ryan, Shannon one. Went way too long, but it was good. It was way was good. too long, and Drew realized it, and Ryan wanted to keep going, and Drew was like, we're done. That's enough. Yes. Mary Jo, though, was the queen. Mary Jo Perino set a standard for roast to come that I will tell you, I think she's 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 MJ at this point. Can I, all right, now I want to give credit to Chris Tomlin and the Turkey Hunter. Because Chris Tomlin and the Turkey Hunter – for Mary Jo and Perrin helped them a lot. They oh, worked with, their with jokes. them on them. Yeah, yes. yeah. But yeah. Mary Jo crushed the delivery. Crushed the delivery. I mean, her joke about Terry Miners. That, that – Fantastic. I fell out of my chair, literally. It was – Fell I mean, out of just, my chair and onto the and stage. And I don't even want to say it because – not because it's too bad. It's just because it, it was – part of what made it so funny is coming out of her mouth. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. And, you know, people were so mean to Perrin – Oh, she, having Perrin was the best part because he just was the bullseye for all the Louisville jokes. He sets up the U of L jokes. Well, he sets up U of L jokes, but then she got into let's not pretend you didn't play much. <laughs> well, no, right? I mean, that, she looked at him was, and said, "Look, 
this is a full roster with a lot of stars. And then she goes, but Perrin, unlike your time at UofL, you have to perform on this <laughs> roster. <laughs> she then, crushed and it. Then and she then, goes, all right, I'm yes. going to give her the joke. This joke, you know, she was a University of Missouri. A lot of people don't know, didn't know this about her. She was a University of Missouri recruit girl. Right, yeah. Where so like when like a hostess. A hostess, that's the yeah, phrase. Yeah, so yeah. when recruits would come on campus, she would show them around. Yeah. And she said, Because of my time as a Missouri hostess, during my college years, I touched more balls than parent <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. The, the house fell out and mind you i wanted to i'm going to make sure everybody realizes that there are 500 people in the room and 200 what did you just do, to Rush? 250 you just made it all... it's okay wait a minute hang on what did you just do i don't know i just turned it down no, it was getting a little loud no you did the there we go there it you is. hit that thing uh-huh. there you go all right go ahead People don't realize that at that roast, there's 500 people in the room, and 200 and something, 250 people are from Centerstone. They don't know us. The vast majority of people yeah. in the room did not know anyone there. Right, right. Um, and I think that made it a little weird. It, it, it made it tougher and weird. And uh, But I like that they started to get into it. If I, The only thing I would change from my opening salvo, what I would have said was – I would encourage cheering and booing because even if you don't like the joke, at least you could boo at least, yeah. and it's some reaction because we're all up there trying to get a reaction because the worst is quiet where you can hear the napkin yeah. blow off. And the there head. wasn't a lot of that except on parents. Parent had some that didn't work. He uh, he he rebounded though. He did some. I I also Adam Edelin got crushed a lot too. What do you think of Adam Edelin giving a political speech? I didn't realize that he was so tall, and I got to tell you, that's a good-looking dude. Like he, That's all Tony has said about it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, week. really? Tony I'm like, has been, you have been so infatuated with Adam Edlin's looks. Right, I have not. I have not. I said it once. You've said it every time. And this and is a half. Every time I bring up the rose. He's a good looking guy. He looks at me and I'm like, how about how funny Mary Jo Perino was? And boy, they crushed Perry. And he goes, yeah, how handsome Adam Edlin is. Well, I do, at that point, you've got to ask. It's either is he successful because he's good looking or is he smart? Cause or nobody is he good looking because he's successful. And, right. Well, it's like, look, it's, <laughs> it, here's the deal. It, it's either one or two. It's rarely both be intelligent and that good looking. But people were really brutal to him about losing. They were. That was fun. Yeah, people really were brutal to yeah, him about losing. Yeah, that was fun. No, it was, it, you just can't, you got to get ready for that. And let me tell you, I was as nervous about that event and then doing Terry's as anything I've ever done in my career. I have been, I'm not sure, the most nervous I've ever been to do anything was when I emceed Fancy Farm. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine. That was the mo- that's why on that White House Correspondents Dinner, yeah. I thought that woman crossed the line. And a lot of liberal po- folks who usually agree with me didn't like me saying that. But right. here's why I say it. I've done that. Not on that level, clearly. Right, yeah. But, I mean, I did it for the Kentucky one. And there's a level of decorum. Yeah. Like, you can be – like, you can make jokes, but you have to, like – like, I wish people could have seen the t- jokes the turkey hunter wrote for me that I couldn't do. Right. So, see, I asked the turkey hunter to write me jokes sometimes. Right. He'll write me 50, and I can use three. Right. But from those three, the 47 I discard, I can come up with things I can say. Right. It is so hard to stand up and be funny. It's be funny, be mean, but not be too mean. But not be, and get tell jokes people, people get. People will get, right. So it is, because you don't, you want to, look, I told, I said these, 
jokes would be different if it was 12 of us drinking bourbon, eating yes. steaks in the back room of some restaurant. It would be brutal, and we would rip his throat out. And you have to set up the jokes so that if people in the room don't know us, they right. can still get them. Right. Like, you have to say who these people yes. are. Yeah. So, and it's like, tough. It, so, like, anyway, it's much more difficult. Well, that's why we did them only uh, the last one was Did you think my joke on Mary Jo was too mean? Because Which one was that? I that don't... was the one where I said that I was making fun of Daryl. For being on a bike. Yes. And yes. I was like, Daryl, what are you, first of all, what, what are, you are you doing, doing on, on a bike? bike? I mean, Daryl, uh, what, what, like, what are you doing what? on a That's a question we all ask. Like, that should have been the end of the joke. That like, should have been it. Like, why are you on a bicycle? What are you on a bicycle? And then I said, the only person on this stage that should be on a cycle is Mary Jo. No, that doesn't. And yeah. even that's going to be in and it, soon. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 no. No, that may be one of the top jokes of the night. <laughs> I want to see it again just to, to go, yeah, oh, I, I forgot too. about that joke. All right, yeah. so you, since the last time you were on here, the L thing has collapsed. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, they hired who they needed to hire. And but, I mean, it, 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 it collapsed. Like, the thing that I spent the better part of five or six, because I, I want to just, it's worth not noting this. The thing that I spent the better part of five or six years railing against, which was the corruption and absurdity of that whole regime, Ramsey, Jurich, and Patino, they're all gone. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, even though you didn't rant about it like I did, your career changed in part because of your friendship with me and your decision to not be wholeheartedly on that train. Mm -hmm. When it happened, now that it's over, Mm -hmm. Did you feel some sense of vindication? Uh, oh, there was a lot of vindication for me. Because you and I saw this coming and ringing the bell for as long as we could with no one listening uh, was – and, of course, I had to uh, – look, their, your friendship with – our friendship cost me a lot. Um, and I remember the phone call right from where we're a couple feet from where we are. My phone on my desk rings. And this is early on, right before you got really huge. And you, you're, you were Matt Jones, KSR. And, uh, and I got the phone call, and they said, hey, uh, this is from L. And they said, hey, um, you're friends with Matt Jones. And this is, again, this is early on. So I go, you mean Matt Jones from KSR? <laughs> and she, and he, he says, yes. And I said, okay. And he goes, that's a problem. And I go, how so? And there's like, and they said this is University of Louisville talking and said, your friendship with Matt, you basically is a problem with it. If you're going to be friends with him, that doesn't work for us. They said to you, just being mere friends with me. Yes, I found that so absurd that I didn't think it was real. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I, I saw, I, I hung up the phone and I looked at Lachlan and said. That's not real, right? That can't be real. I, of course it was real. And then the tactic of, of using, well, how can he be a U of L fan if he's friends with Matt Jones? I thought that was so absurd. Absurd that you could that wouldn't work. And actually it worked. Um, so there are a lot of times you and I sat in an office here uh, year after year. We were we were just wondering what we were gonna do because we thought maybe they were actually gonna run us out of town. Um, and I worry. I'm not going to say that they asked for our jobs because I'm not sure I was never in these meetings. Uh, but there was a lot of pressure put on people around here that they we were not saying what we were. I was worried to say. more, though, honestly, about you, because yeah. the reason I was worried about you was I didn't need Louisville for my living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also let's say worst thing happened and they kicked me out of Louisville. There's a whole nother part of the state, you know, I mean, I, that, that I could could do. Yeah. 
and I was worried because it, what made me upset about it the most is it honestly the way they treated you bothered me more than they treat the way they treated me because for better or worse i was at least saying right 30 of the things they said i said right if oh, not a no. hundred well yeah but you were just punished for knowing me uh yeah yeah there were meetings like yeah there there were some rough meetings one-on-one meetings with me and uh over the years there were difficult times uh to where your family you go home to your family and and you know your wife's like well what are we going to do here so I, I got to tell you, so it all came to a head, and it was so ironic that. Was there ever a time you just thought about just kind of cutting bait with me? I would have understood. On principle alone, I couldn't do it. It had nothing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. On principle alone, I wanted to make sure you understood that. I love you dearly. Uh, but, but understand uh, I was not going to be pressured in who I could be friends with. It was so juvenile and sixth grade cafeteria table uh, drama that yes. I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I, I'm not going so to. So it wasn't give out in. of any love for me. That and my and my own and my own ego yes. of my own <laughs> ego of bring it on, come on, baby. You've been throwing it at me for years. I've been in this market a long time. Come at me. But so, then, but on one level, though, they did. And I know you wanted to do this, too. I'm not saying it was solo. But they did sort of run you out of the sports game. Uh, well, I, I survived the sports game because um, we, we ended up, quote-unquote, making things right towards the end. Um, but then I was sitting at a press conference, uh, and, and, and Tim Sullivan asked a question to Bobby Petrino. He asked what the backup quarterback, uh, Kyle Boland's schedule was. <laughs> and... You said I'm not doing that anymore. And, and, I, and I wanted to get up and go, Tim, what are you doing? We want to end this awful press conference. Why are you asking? And then I realized in my head I'm mad at Tim, but I'm really mad at myself because he's doing his job, and I don't want to do this anymore. I could care less the backup quarterback's schedule. <laughs> and that somebody was interested in that, I was like, I'm in the wrong industry anymore. I just, I've got to get out. So, Tim Sullivan, thank you. I, it, it was the first of the move where I went home and said, I got to get out. And it wasn't just completely U of L that wore me out and the scandal after scandal after scandal. But it was, I, I, these are kids, and I, and I, I was too old for it. I was just moving on. And I love it. I love the kids and all that. But I could not get upset. I really would try to get upset with a win or a loss. Like, I'm, like, I'm going to care today. And when they would lose, I go, okay, they lost. You know, when I noticed that you had changed on some of that was when Kentucky beat Louisville in 2014 in the Sweet 16, which was, I think, for a hardcore Louisville fan, had to be one of the most painful losses. No, that was still painful. No, that was but still I remember painful. you like still were like, <laughs> I know, hey, yeah. congrats, man. Right, congrats, you know, dude, like, yeah, yeah. Like you were still magnanimous. Yeah, yeah like, right, yeah. I had lost that passion that it had made me, you know, these are just kids. I, 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 w- I want to enjoy, I want to be a fan again. And being in sports is like Florida, the state of Florida. Visiting Florida two weeks a year is awesome. <laughs> Going to the games and being separate. But when you move to Florida, you realize everyone in Florida, are, they're psychopaths. <laughs> and, and they're either old people or psychopaths that want to kill you, right? So th- then you go, oh, my God, Florida is a mess. Well, get, go into sports, and you start to slowly pull that curtain back. Yeah. And you see behind the curtain on how things are made, and you go, 
Yeah. So, but so no, when they were gone, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I'm talking about you. So yeah, when yeah. they were gone, I will admit when Jurich was gone, I mean, I felt a huge sense of vindication, like a huge sense of, you know what? I mean, you've really tried to ruin things for me and, you know, and I didn't have to bring you down. You brought yourself down, right? But there was a sense of vindication for me that, like, you know what? I kept wondering if it would ever, like, be the way it should, and it has. I, there had to be a little of that. The irony of my last week on the dogs was the same week that he got fired. Oh, was it really? I didn't. Are you kidding connection. me? It was the sa- It was almost the same day. It was like, is this really happening? He's getting fired, and I'm leaving the dogs. It was surreal, and and then people questioned why I didn't tell stories and all that. Like, why didn't I go to the press and everyone? It's like when all these people when came the, and did stories, yeah. you wouldn't, you didn't talk to. Them. I went no comment. I said, look, I've got nothing to gain by telling those stories. And here's the other thing, they'll all come out anyway. Yeah, and they did, and they and they are, and, and they are. So it's not a. So now you're doing like midlife crisis teep radio, right? right? They not, they hated that name of that, the stick. First of all, that was a great. It name. was. So you were trying to figure out what the name should be. Yes, it's you and another forty something. <laughs> yeah, yes, and yes. You, and I said midlife crisis. And it's it, a great name. And I said, damn you, that's a perfect name for the show. And I would hate to give you credit for that. <laughs> and then we went with that as the name of the show. And the two programmers, you know, in this building said, after three weeks said, nope, we're going to change it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I went, all right, cool. Why doesn't it work? And so now it's the Tony and Dwight show. Six it, to eight on 840 WHS. By the way, it does work. Midlife Christ is a great name. It does work. Yeah, it does work. Because it's like. Because we're telling stories, drunken debauchery stories I mean, that's from really, 1989. Really what you all do when I've heard is you basically relive your glory years. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Especially it's awesome. when Dwight invites in like the old rockers that I've never heard of there before my time. Oh, yeah, I, I try, we're, 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 we're kind of weaning off that as we speak. You know what? No more old rockers? I'm so sick of the Iron Maiden Judas Priest. I've Stop. <laughs> he traveled to Nevada to see Iron Maiden. I said, dude. Wait, you- wait, wait, wait. Recently? This past week. He went to Nevada to, to see, see Iron-, Iron Maiden. I said, do you want to know how much I would pay you not to go on that trip? <laughs> he went to, that's, I, re, I had a friend once who drove in his car all night to get to Myrtle Beach to see Weird Al. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Is there some sort of, like, you want to now start thinking, what's wrong with you? An all-nighter to see Weird Al. Who, who hurt you? All right, enough about me. What's look? What, everyone what wants sound? to know. That's a truck going by because we work in an industrial area okay, here in Louisville. Go ahead. All right, no. Enough go about ahead. me. I've made my transition. What the hell are you doing with this? Are you going to run against Mitch McConnell? <laughs> Wait, it, first of all, this is supposed to be an interview of you. You no 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 stop. I'm I'm stop now. You know I don't follow any of your rules. No, you don't. Uh, you are always the best Matt Jones podcast guest. I must say, always. Uh, well, thank you. From, from like when we just we had Rex last week and it was great. And I thought to myself, the, the the sort of Mount Rushmore of the Matt Jones podcast is Rex, uh, Bomani, Romines, and Vanetti. Um, you're already a politician. You're avoiding the question. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Are you really going to run against Mitch McConnell? Are, is that the? Is, do you get that a lot when people look oh, at dude, you and go, it's, seriously? It's all anyone says to me anymore. Right. Like, it's funny. Everything changed with that political article. Like, I guess I knew it might, 
but I didn't realize how much it would. It hasn't changed like my radio show, and it hasn't changed like, but in terms of when I used to be, if I went out in public, the only thing people would say to me is, you know, okay, I'll go and get James Wiseman, you right. know, or yeah. whatever. Now, 70 to 80% of the conversation is, are you going to run against Mitch McConnell? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's amazing how much that, that one article that that dude, he followed me around for three days and wrote, how much it's changed. And I hear from people, I mean, Tony, I hear from people all over the country. I mean, I had 50 college students literally write me the next day asking if they could come work for me. I was like, I don't have a job. Like, right. <laughs> I have no jobs for you. I mean, you wanna, <laughs> what, what are you going to come do? Like, they were like, have your staff contact. I don't have a staff. Right. Like, my staff is me. You know, I, like, I don't, I, I was not, I will say this, I was not prepared for how big that would change. Like, I didn't have a mechanism. People have been getting on me. Why well, didn't have a mechanism to raise money? There were people who wanted to give me money, and I can't take anybody's money. Right. Because I'm not, you know. So, anyway, that. but you're, to answer your question, honestly, I don't know. Uh, if you run, obviously, you, you believe you can win. But there are a lot of people that have said that are fans of yours mm -hmm. that said Mitch McConnell is too powerful. He's too big, and his machine could gobble you up. What and do you maybe, say to those? Maybe they're right. I mean, I you know, but look, here's what I've learned about this. People in the state despise him, Republicans and Democrats. Like, he's the, I mean, he, no one likes him. Like, I have yet to meet one person since that article came out who right. said I really liked him. Right. <laughs> like, I've had people say to me, I can't vote for you because you're a dirty liberal, and I, I get all that. But no one's been like, you know that Mitch McConnell's a really good dude. You should not You should just let right. him be in office. But here's the thing. Whether I do it or not, I can't let him scare me from doing it. Right. Because that, to me, is not right. Here's the bottom line. Too often in politics, people are scared away from doing what's right. And if he can scare me from doing it, right. then, Tony, who's going to do it? Like, no one's if, – if he can scare me, then only people who are, like, boring politician heads are ever going to run against him. Uh, is, is, he, is, he, is his biggest thing that he's well-known as – because everyone can say, what, what did he do in his 30 years, yeah. right? So – most people remember Mitch McConnell for being a great campaigner or having a war chest that well, is so much bigger than like right. What I'll is give right? Him a Go, Here's okay. what he is probably. This is both a compliment and a put down. Mm -hmm. He is probably one of the five to seven best pure political uh, minds ever in the U.S. Senate. He has been. He is as good at, and I don't mean running for office. I mean the stuff behind the scenes and all that. Yes. As anyone ever. So what has he accomplished? Well, he, the way this country is where we hate each other, Republicans hate Democrats and Democrats hate Republicans. Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm, this is not an exaggeration. I think he's one of about three people that deserve the most credit slash blame for it. Or is him. I think he has made partisanship. He's the best partisan in my lifetime. Divine. But I don't think that's a positive. But I'm saying he's very good at it. Um, he's good at – yes. He's, you're, you believe that part of the mess and part of the Trump thing is because of him. He set the Trump thing in motion by making it to where for years they made it to where – and the Democrats now have done the same thing. I'm not saying that they're innocent. 
but this notion of I can't disagree with you, you're a bad person. Right. right. Like you and I can't yes. just disagree. You are a bad There's some human sort being. of moral high ground when yes. it comes and to that. Yes, and he opinion. has been as big a part of that right. as anything. And so, yes, that I don't think he likes Trump. But I think he set the hatred in motion that led to Trump. Uh, the mistakes that uh, Allison made. Yeah, well, she was a terrible candidate. Running, running against her. You, you've seen those. I mean, she's a nice person, but she was a terrible candidate. She wouldn't say who she voted for. I thought Tony. that was a huge mistake. I mean, mistake. like, come on. Everyone knew that was a huge mistake. Like, Why didn't she just say? Because she- there's this notion that to run for office in this state, if you're a Democrat, you got to lie to everybody. You basically have to look at everybody and say, you know all those things I believe? I don't. Yes, you do. And we know you do. We know you voted for Obama. I mean, stop it. Does anybody think she voted for Mitt Romney? No. But she wouldn't say it because everyone is so scared of being criticized. So here's my thing. I'm in a business where I've been criticized for years. You know what I think. I can't hide it from you. Okay, okay. Okay, you're going to get uh, – here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, you're going to get Louisville, and you're going to get Lexington. I don't know that I'll get Louisville. I, I think you There's will. There's a lot of your people that Oh, hate please. I, people separate sports and stuff. In here. There are crazy people. I get it. You'll win Louisville, and you'll win. They're not going to vote for Mitch McConnell in Louisville. They're gonna vote, they'll get you in Louisville. You'll get in Louisville and Lexington. You are from – I win or lose the race in the mountains. Yes. Why? Because here's the thing. I'll win Louisville – I would win Louisville, but not by as much as I, – I disagree with you there. Allison Lundergan Grimes would win Louisville by more than I would. I, I believe that. I think she would. Mm-hmm. I would win Lexington by more than she would. But she gets killed everywhere else in the state. Right. I can win the mountains. Yes. I can't win northern Kentucky. That's Mitch country. That's like – northern Kentucky's Mitch will kill me. Western Kentucky, I'll do better than most Democrats, but that's like Trump's more popular in Western Kentucky than almost anywhere in the country. I'll win the mountains. What would, but I have to win the mountains because if I don't win the mountains, you're I can't done. Win. You're done for. What do you? What do they need? What can you, if they? Well, here's ask, what you look at them and say. First of all, there's not been a senator from the mountains in a century, a hundred years. There's not been a sen- a senator from the mountains in a century. Really. So first of all, you look and go. Wouldn't it be nice to have a senator who's been here? Right. Lived here. Born <laughs> who's here. lived here. Second, I don't care if you think Mitch McConnell's the best senator that he, you know, whatever. He has not done anything for Eastern Kentucky. All the t- Everybody blames Obama for coal, and there's some truth to that. He precipitated the fall, but it was coming anyway. But what did Mitch McConnell do to stop it? Mitch McConnell comes and talks about saving coal. What did he ever do? Yeah. Tell me one thing Mitch McConnell has done that really helped the mountains. Now you're hearing him in the last few weeks talk yes. about hemp, yeah. right? And he wants to put all this opioid plan. And I give him credit for that stuff. But where was that for the last 36 years? Right, right. The reason they're doing it is they see someone from the mountains who is going to look at him and excuse my language, but call him on his bullshit. Nobody has looked at him and said, what have you done? Now, listen, I'm, I'm a radio host, or I'm a sports radio host. I should not be the one running for office, right? Yeah. There are people infinitely more qualified than me, but I'm not scared of him, and somebody's got to stand up for him. And I also think somebody's got to run who doesn't see the, in, the other side as the enemy. My, I'm tired of people who say, you're a Republican, you're a horrible person, or you're a Democrat, you're a horrible person. 
I may lose doing that, but you know what? At least I can do it with pride. Does he have wobbly knees in D.C., or is he still as strong as ever? Oh, I think he's pretty strong. I mean, I think the only way he could go down in his party is if Trump cut him off at the knees, and he hasn't done that. So, I will think it, he's – Will it be the biggest – if you run against him, it will be the focus – Here's what I have to think about. And, then, you know, I haven't really talked about this in this way. If I run, it'll be in 2020. Trump's versus whatever Democrat will be the biggest race mm-hmm. in the country, obviously. This will be the second biggest one. Yeah. I mean, right. it will. And I have to ask myself, you know, am I ready for that? I mean, I joke about not having, like, about not having a, a staff and all that. But, Tony, I don't. Like, like, most people in politics have spent their entire lives creating a network. Think about it. Like, yes. think about every politician you know. They have a network of people. Yes. You know what my network is? You. And Drew, yeah. and like tall and hubby, like I don't have that. I'll tell you a story I haven't ever told before. When I was thinking about running for Congress, there's a guy named Ben Ray Lujan. He's a congressman from New Mexico, and he's in charge of recruiting people to run for Congress. Mm-hmm. And I met with him, and I said, "Hey, man, you're single, right? You're a single, dude. When you ran for Congress, what was it like to run and be single? Because mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of those people no. that do that. No, you and want he the said, picture." Yeah. He said, well, you know, there'll be people who think you're gay, and then there'll be people who think that you date everybody in the world. Right. He was like, but that really doesn't matter. He said, here's what's tough about running when you're single. You're by yourself. He was like, so when the attacks come, you come home to an empty apartment. Yeah. And you're by yourself, and you're facing the world, it feels like, but you're by yourself. Dude, Mitch McConnell, you talk about having... A posse. There is a part of me that says it'll be the second biggest race in the country, and it's just me. I don't, the the Kentucky Democratic Party doesn't particularly like me (laughs) because I sit there and tell them how lame they are. Well, because you're right. So there is a part of me that goes, I can carry a lot on these shoulders, but can I carry that? I walked over to your mom before uh, before the roast. I gave her a hug. I love your mom. She's wonderful. She's awesome. And I said, hey, I hugged her and I said, hey, we're going to be a little rough on your son tonight. She snapped her napkin and she goes, don't worry about me. I'm tougher than you think. And she is. And I'm wondering if you can borrow her balls while you run against Mr. Conner. He won't. He won't. He doesn't scare me. Plus, like my life, I've lived a public life for a decade, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not worried about my past or anything like that coming up. The question is, can I fight the world? Yeah. You know, you're used to, you've watched me for 10 years. Yeah. Fight that Louisville army. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I, I mean, not just me, but I stood up to a lot of them with very little backup. Oh yeah. Sometimes didn't even have backup from my workplace. And I stood up and did my thing head down. But you know, sometimes that was lonely as hell. Now, can you do that against the whole mechanism of an entire political party? Yeah. So that's the, so the part of it that I sit and think about, honestly, Tony, is that. Do I have it in me for a year and a half of that? And I, I think the answer is yes, but it's tough. 
But to a lot of people, if you take down Mitch McConnell, you'll be a hero for that. Yeah, but that's – and this is going to sound like the stupidest thing in the world, but that's not why I'm doing it. I mean, everybody's – I know there are going to be people who don't know me that hear this and go, oh, he just sounds like just some politician. But you know me. I don't need to do it for that. I make more money now than I will doing that. People in this state generally like me. The moment I run, a lot of them are going to stop liking me. Right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's just going to happen. I'm doing it because I can't sit and watch politicians of both parties ignore the people in this state that I love. I just can't anymore. And I know I can do something about it. And like what you just said earlier about basketball and about you couldn't listen to Kyle Bolden's schedule anymore. I love UK basketball. I could talk about it for my whole life. But I have to sit there and think, man, I am pretty damn lucky to be where I am. Mm-hmm. This can't be all I'm supposed to do. Right. You know? Well, there's a lot of us that believe in you and a lot of us that think that, uh, look, we need our state needs to be as healthy as possible. And Eastern Kentucky is part of that situation they need wi-fi they need high we need to fix what's going on out there opioid addiction and lack of jobs that all needs to be helped and to me you get the same old boy network that's never gonna happen you know a few things about me you know i'm not driven by money no, no. I, I, I don't care about no it. i no. really don't In i've part seen cause... your, i've seen your apartment <laughs> you've seen my wardrobe <laughs> Like, I don't spend any money. No, you're driven by accomplishment and getting things done. You, you, that's what drives you. And partly why you haven't settled down. Partly. But also, like, you know, I don't have kids. I'm not saying I'll never have kids. But no, have- you'll have kids. No, no, no. We have to have a baby Matt Jones. Right? <laughs> wait a minute. Is that, that used to be Drew. Now it's right. No, wait a minute. No. Well, Drew will be married before me. Oh, everyone will be married before you. Nick Roush is getting married. Well, yes, he'll be married very soon. But, like, and I don't want to – this isn't the kind of thing, like, I wouldn't want it to be my life. I'd like to do it once. I don't – I'm not going to say why I would never run again, but I I would presume – I'll even go further. I would presume that if I win, I might not win again because I would like for six years to do exactly what I think – needs to be done for the state and then I can feel good about it. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Would you want Barack Obama stumping for you? I don't care. I mean, like I like Barack. Look, I I like Barack Obama. I I don't like everything he did, but I supported him. I think he was generally a good president. He can still own a room. I, I mean, if he wanted to come fine, but this isn't honestly the Washington sort of, uh, yeah, just have him come in. Is he out there? Just have him come in. The Washington, sort of Democrats and all that, if they wanted but to help, that's fine. But I don't really – I don't know that that gets me very far here, to be honest. But it's not an issue. Well, it's going to be an issue. They're going to – I mean, Mitch McConnell's going to call me Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama for – Oh, I know. I mean, I mean oh, he's going to call me Hillary oh, I Jones. Oh, no, I understand. I know. Oh, I know. People following you around. I know. I'm, I'm probably going to be a target just being friends with you. But do you know how many people come <laughs> up to me, Tony, and say this? This happens to me – I went to Hillbilly Days last week. Yeah. 50 people came up and said this. Matt, I love Trump. You're wrong about Trump. Trump, Trump, humpity hump. But I'd vote for you against Mitch McConnell. There you go. That's how you have to win. Yeah. 
I mean, that's really the only way. Well, there's a likability that you have more than he does. So there do you, you go. Do you think, and I'll leave it at this, yeah. do you think as my friend, do you think I can handle it? Not can I get elected or anything. Do you think I could handle that year and a half? I think that you are going to have times where you are going to crumble into the corner like David Letterman's rumors. I remember he used to cuddle in a corner before he'd do a show and he'd, he'd freak Dude, out. Dude, I've read a lot about David Letterman. Yeah. I think he and I have a lot in common. A lot in common, yes. In but, terms of- but he would cuddle in the corner and, uh, and, 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 and freak out, and then he would get up and go do a fabulous show. I think you are going to be maybe – and this is just my opinion. I think you're, I think you're going to be one of the best campaigners – out there, and I think that people are going to be surprised. I know when you are focused, and I know when uh, I, I want to say there's a little shade of Bill Clinton in there that once you get in a room with you and you lock in on somebody, you're going to do a good job. And I saw it a little bit. I saw a little bit on your roast that where you started to go in there and you were so likable and you were hammering away and you were really good. And then you started talking about UofL and that little... <laughs> The little horns grew out of the top of your head. A little tail came out, and some smoke came out of your ears, and you're like, yeah, I'm out. Uh, the, the, the end of the roast. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes. Where you was- were so good. You were there. You were you were so good. And then when you turned to Ricky and were hammering Ricky about U of L, there was a couple of times. No, no, I ended with the good stuff. Yes, I did, I did yes. the U of L stuff. There was a little, like a little twist in it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think I can do it without. Without being like, like, you know I'm a dude who gets in confrontations. My mom thinks that'll be my biggest thing. My mom's like, I don't know if you can, if you can suffer people trying to goad you. Yes. Like, can, and I'm a lot better about that stuff than I used to be, but that's yes. my mom's biggest work. She's like, you're going to get in some argument with somebody, and it's going to be on tape. Like, do you think that's... I think you're going to do great, and I think you thinking you're going to be by yourself is insane. I think you have a ton of friends, and I think the Democrats are going to send a lot of people down here and say, here we go. This is our best chance to drop this guy in the 10th round. Let's go do it. But I don't care about those people. The question is, are people like you? Like, like there's only like 10 people I really like. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you know what I mean. What yes. I mean by that is there's only – you know yes. the group, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. They they were almost all at that roast or sitting at the table sure. right in front of me. There's yeah. like 15 people yeah, yeah. that I trust yeah. and that I really – like, is that enough to get through? Because I won't listen to the people from Washington. I think, I think, you're, I think you're just going to have to go day by day. There's going to be days where you just get torn apart, and there's going to be days where you think you really make headway, and you're just, just hammering it, and it's a long road. And, I'm, and I think you can do it. You built this. Whatever this is, you built this all on your own from your gut, basically, right, mm-hmm. and your talent. And there were a lot of times people said, what are you doing? When you first remember you when you first got into in the market, everyone hated you. Everyone every well because he opened the microphone and he would go, Rick Bosich is a joke. I mean, that was like his first thing he ever said on the air. And then he was like, well, Eric Crawford, pow, I like him as a writer, but he tortures puppies on the weekends. I, did I mean not he did say not. That. But he you know, you you know what I'm saying? No, no, you're you right. stuck I was your, I was an ab but to be fair, I was a jerk back then. You no, you. I went, was, I was. But you, you, you went by your gut. It got you noticed. I went too far. It got you noticed. When I started, I went too far. I was too mean. I was. It's one thing to create. I, I was too mean. You like were, I look back at some of the stuff I said back then, and I don't mean like. I, I, if I, I if I told you the story about Rob Bromley, 
No. Okay. So, and this really hurt me. And now that he's retiring, I can say this because we became friends. But I used to make fun of everybody. Right. Oh, yes. Like, that, that was just what I was did. Your stick. And in my mind, I was this random lowly blogger just punching yes, all the power. all of the media. I just thought I was yes. punching up, That's punching what up, you punching did. up. That's what you did. And then I didn't realize, though, that those were human beings. And that, like, what I when I thought, Dave Baker, he's just a human being, too. Right, yes. Like, and he yes. goes home and has to deal with his own things in life, too. Right, yes. And somebody told me, this is five, four or five years back, that, like, I had said something, I, and I don't even think I was that mean to Rob Bromley, but I had said something about him being whatever. I don't even know what I said. Mm-hmm. And that it had really hurt him. Like, not kind of hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like, really hurt him. Yeah. And that they t- they knew him well, and that I didn't realize how much I had hurt Rob yeah. Bromley. And it took, me, it took that for me to go, damn, I don't dislike Rob. Like, why would I dislike Rob Bromley? And I set about, over the next year or two, trying to fix all of those relationships. Some of them I've been able to fix, like Rob Bromley. Some of them I I don't think I ever will be able to fix. Like Rick Bosich. I didn't try to fix his. (laughs) (laughs) So a little bit of match still in there somewhere. Still not all the way gone. Not all the way gone. But there's a little in there. But you understand my point. I understand. It got your show taking off because what they do, just like the political world, in the media, we're all buddies. and we're, Even though we're in competing stations, we hang out or we do yeah. whatever our thing. But it all happened at the same time. It happened when I lost the job at CN2. Oh, yes. I was there for that. Yeah, It happened that. when I lost that job. And around that time, I'd been dating someone that we broke up. Like, my, I started having seizures mm-hmm. or I had my second seizure or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and I took a step back and went, okay, now I've gotten success. Now am I being the kind of person that I want to be? Right. And I do think, I mean, you think I've changed since. Oh, <laughs> you are nowhere near the same person. <laughs> nowhere near it. So, you know, and one of the things, if you run, I'll have to answer for the stuff I said and did when I was what I consider to be a different person. But in today's political world, what does that mean? It shouldn't matter, but, you know, I mean, What does all that mean? Let me say this, because I know you got to go. I I miss seeing you. Yeah, I do, Like, the worst part of the TV show. I love doing the TV show I'm doing now. It's awesome. But the worst part of the TV show, honestly... Is I is I don't get to see you. Yeah, either. I don't get to see you either. I miss you. I miss you in my office, little meetings that you and I have, and talking and, and doing lunch and and hanging out. Now you abandoned me here in Louisville. Uh, well, I'm here occasionally. And, and I'm here this week because it's Derby week, right, so yes. I'm around. So I do I do miss seeing yeah. you. And uh, you know you did a good job. I got a lot of praise on your show you did with Ryan last week. So maybe we'll have you come co-host some. That was just. Out of control from the get, and I I love the fact that Shannon the Dude hates Billy Rutledge with a passion. I brought up Billy, and he yelled, he hates him, threw he? his headset off, came running in the door. I was like, great, great, then I won't have to get up in the morning. Why don't you get and come here and do it? And I was like, really? Now I know how to push this button. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's dislike of he Billy is intense. hates him. And you know what? I'm disappointed in Shannon. Because someone helped me 
And someone helped Matt Jones, which is Terry Miners and Tony Vanetti. Yeah. And and Mike the other day, the the, the morning show guy said, hey, uh, there was a couple people that helped me, uh, helped him get going. Now Shannon is turning his back. Yeah, but don't try the- to stop that. That's good for no, the no, show. No, 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 it is good. Shannon it's a- versus Billy. That hatred. The, the show needs w- without. Jurich and Patino, and with us, never seen Sun yes, and him yes. being in the building. A little Shannon versus Billy is going to be good, thing. and because Shannon forgets how obnoxious he was when he was Billy's age. Oh my age. gosh, Shannon was so all. Uh, oh. How bad was Shannon on the first day? Oh, you walked right to my <laughs> desk and said, "If Bill thinks that that guy's going to be my producer, he is sadly mistaken," and just walked off. And then four minutes later, Shannon the dude comes walk up. He's got that little gate. You know, how he's got that weird yeah, walk. Yeah. And Weird walk, he comes up and he goes, if Matt Jones thinks he's kicking me out of this job, he's sadly mistaken. Did and he really w- yes, say that? Yes, walked off. Good and for I, you, Shannon. And I'm, I'm at my desk going, when did I, how did I get Dude, I didn't job? know Shannon said that. Good oh, for yes. him. He walked up and he said, if he thinks he's kicking me off, he's crazy. He got better. He got better quickly because after that first day, I didn't yes. think I could do no, it. No, I know. And it I, turned I out to be one of the best it. things. No, he's been great. He's yes. been an absolute – he's yes. been perfect. Well, yes. Tony, right, buddy. let's do this again soon. Yeah, let's do it. All right, and uh, good to see you. Six to eight on HAS. Yep. Love you, buddy. All right, we're going to bring on some uh, Ed DeRosa now. All right, dude. Have fun. That was fun with Tony. Now it is Derby Week, and every year we bring on our friend from Twinspires.com, Ed DeRosa. Uh, Ed, first of all, do you like uh, – Salads. I do like salads. Well, Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen. I love Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen. It's a place to go. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. They have a quinoa salad that I get every time. I'm sure there's other stuff that's good. Do you go to the ones in Lexington or Louisville? No, there's one on Hurstbourne literally across from my office. I didn't know about the one on Hurstbourne until I did this read, and now Ed DeRosa has been to the one on Hurstbourne. Yeah. The more you know. There you go. (laughs) There's four in Lexington, one in Louisville, all kinds of salads. I get the bluegrass blackberry. You get the quinoa. Yeah. Is that how, did I say that right? Quinoa? I think so. I hope I said it right. Uh, the salad's made in front of you in steel bowls and mixed. You can get a BLT Deluxe salad with bourbon smoked paprika ranch. Ooh, that's Maybe nice. I might have to Go to Vinaigrette yeah. on four locations in Lexington, one in Louisville. They also have strawberry lemonade and a lot more. Uh, check it out. Vinaigrette Salad Kitchen sponsoring this podcast. All right, so – once I got to know you, Ed, I started really crushing it on the Derby stuff. <laughs> Not because of you so much. Just tangentially? Just, yes. Yeah. But, like, I've, I've, I, I, I did not hit the try last year, but I'd hit it, like, four straight years You were that. You're hotter than me, for sure. Yeah. And I always consider Oaks and Derby Day great day to gamble because you can make a lot of money. Would yeah. you agree with that? The At, fields are big, et cetera. 100%. These are the biggest fields and biggest handle – really in the country for any two days and there's no other opportunity to bet on 14 and 20 horse fields back to back these two days so if you like to gamble even if you're not a handicapper you don't know what you're looking at you want to bet your birthday you want to bet colors there's no better chance at a big score than Oaks and Derby days and speaking of birthdays mine's the 19th so no matter what I bet number 19 in the Derby it's the only race I can bet my birthday Oh, that's interesting. I yeah. didn't, I so never... even someone, you know, even someone who studies it and thinks he has an edge, will. Because get... on Oaks Day, there's like what six big races, and then on Derby, there's like eight. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So Farrow plenty... was 19, right? He was uh, 16 or oh. 17, but all of another was 19. That's okay. And he paid 30 dollars. So. And that's the other thing. When you hit one, even 
like good horses can go off seven, eight to one, exactly. and you can actually get some real payments. Yeah, someone from USA Today asked me today. In fact, said, you know, since Dan Wilkin. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's since, my buddy. Oh, okay. Well, he said, since the point system, we've had nothing but favorites win. As a gambler, does that frustrate you? And I said, well, after American Pharaoh won at five to two, he was never more than even money. Three to five, two to five. The Derby, even a horse like that, you get a chance to bet at five to two or three to one. Horses that otherwise would be, you know, they pay three sixty instead of nine dollars. So and, it's I a mean, good opportunity. We haven't had a long shot win in a while, but we've had a lot every year. A long shot comes in the try almost. And last year, the favorite one, two long shots underneath. My buddy James Scully, who is a big uh, UK fan, hit the super for seventy thousand, and the favorite one seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Good night. And that's that, a heck of a win. And that's with the favorite on top. And and there's no other, you know, you talk about the big pools and the opportunity. There's no other race where the favorite's winning and you're coming out with that kind of cash, even in the super factor. Yeah. The, well, the, the year, two years ago, I think it was like one, two, four in the try. Something like first play, like favorite, next favorite, right. or whatever. And it still played pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you still can, you still can get it. Now, my. My sort of theory on how to do these tries is I take the three favorites that are generally considered the three best horses, and I throw one out. Because I think if you bet on all three of them, you're, you're screwed. And then yep. if that one ends up winning or coming, you just yeah, – Can't whatever. bet them all. Yep. But sometimes there's only two good favorites or four. This year, are the, what are the horses – how many horses are kind of apart from everyone else? I would, I would say there's definitely one horse who's clearly going to be the favorite. That's Justify, undefeated for Bob Baffert. From Santa Anita? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely going to be the favorite. Then after him, I would say there's five or six in that next tier. Okay, so that's kind of hard to bet, though. Yeah. Uh, Mendelssohn's going to be the second choice. That's the horse from Ireland okay. who won a Breeders' Cup race. Uh I w- honestly, I would throw out Justify between the two. Yes. So you would throw out this – you you would take Justify out of your top three? I would. Um, really? Why is that? My shtick this year is I tell people, you know, Derby's a chance. You can win enough to buy a car. I really think this is a year I'm going to pay off my house. If I'm right. But I'm going for because it. Because Justify is going to be a big favorite, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll be probably 5-2, to two, and then Mendelssohn will be 5 or 6-1. to one. But Justify's only ran in like six horse fields. He didn't run as a two year old. He's That's ran right. three races. Yeah. He's only run three races and no horses won the Derby that didn't race at two since eighteen eighty two. Like if, if Justify is Pharaoh, then yeah. you're 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 leaving. Then I lose. Then you lose. <laughs> right. So you're just betting against Justify. I am. And now you said what was your no horses won? Uh no horse who did not race as a two year old and derby horses are three. So no horse that didn't race the previous year has won the Derby since eighteen eighty two. Wow. Since eighteen eighty two. So which I think so cool that the Derby has that much tradition that you can actually quote a relevant stat from eighteen eighty two. By the way, now for folks part of why you're here is also we have the, the the promo code and stuff for, for, for gambling. So at twinspires.com, the twinspires app, if you use the promo code KSR, KSR 12, KSR 12, Brad Calipari this year. So. Oh, KSR 12, what KSR 12. What do you get? You get a $12 free bet. You just have to 
to complete your sign up. You don't need to deposit anything. You have to complete the sign up though. It's literally $12 free. And I know you get a lot of questions every year. I already signed up. I'm a loyal user. I signed up with the code last year. Check twinspires.com slash offers. And that's where we're putting different offers for people who had signed up in previous years. So if you do KSR 12, you get a free $12 bet, but you have to have never done it before. That's right. And, and if you have done it before... You then you do one of these offers. slash offers. All right, so KS, I mean, 12 free $12 bets. Literally free. It's a four-horse dollar trifecta. Yeah. Uh, 50-cent trifecta. 50 cent, so, yeah. So or four-horse four four dollar so jackpot. So, you just have to do it, and then you can do the other. So, twinspires.com, uh, KSR12. KSR12. Right, so, let's get back to it here. Now, so the, so you you would say that the second tier of horses, and again, I know I haven't done my research, so I'm not telling you who I pick. <laughs> But now that that changes my betting strategy because that's kind of hard with those five or six. I'm going to have to eliminate two or three. Right. Of those, who are the five or six? Uh, Mendelssohn, what else? Mendelssohn, Audible, who okay. won the Florida Derby. Uh, Magna Moon, who okay. won the Arkansas Derby. Bolt Dioro, who was second to Justify at Santa Anita. Uh, is that four? Yes. Who, who won that, the that's Bluegrass? That's probably good, uh, oh, good, good Magic. Thank you. Actually, was, he would be the, fi- the the fifth one. Was so, Good Magic the other horse that didn't run as a two-year-old? He did run. Uh, Magnum Moon did not. Yes, and yeah. he won the Arkansas. So Good yeah. Magic I watched at the at – the, I was at the Bluegrass. Yeah. So, um, all right, of those, is there one that – again, because I think I – th- I don't think about them so much as winning as throwing out. Right. Are there a couple of those you would throw out? Uh, of all the ones we've mentioned, including Justify, I like Magnum Moon the least. So he would be my, he would absolutely be my first one out. So throw Magnum Moon to the to the wolves. Yep, I, I made a tweet. If one of these horses lo- wins, I'll lose, and he was on that list. Okay, is there another who would be the second most likely besides Justify to throw out out of that group? Out of that group, uh, so Magnum Moon, just so I'm throwing out the the Apollo horses basically, and then next off my list would be uh, Bolt Dioro. Okay, now who is your pick to win? Audible. Why are you so excited? Because these are just this he is, picks it, Nick. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. But it's because I had the same takeaways as well. All right. So Audible came from what race? Florida Derby. Florida Derby. Okay. And, and why he, do you like Audible? Uh, well, Brisnet, where I work, puts together some ratings of how horses perform, and and his are right there, a little touch slower than Justify, but Audible did race as a two-year-old, so there's foundation. I think he's getting better. He's trained by Todd Pletcher, who won the Florida Derby last year before winning the Kentucky Derby with Always Dreaming. Uh, he used to be known as the trainer who couldn't win the Derby. Now he does have two in the last eight years. I think he's figured it out, and I think Audible's his best chance. All right. Now, I also try to <coughs> pick one middle-tier horse and one long shot that I really believe in. I'll usually throw in a second middle-tier course in the uh, horse in the sort of exotics. But I really need a middle-tier horse and a long shot <laughs> And I, what if knowing that, which two would you suggest for me? Uh, in the middle, I, I'm going, and I do like the horse, Hofberg, who was second audible in the Florida Derby. You so love the Florida Derby. I love Derby. the Florida Derby. So I figure it's like betting a conference in the NCAA. If you think there's depth and talent there, ride the wave even at a price. So Hofberg will probably be 20 to 1 minimum. Uh, and he was second. He's only run three times, but he did race as a two-year-old. He's trained by Bill Mott, one of the best ever. To me, there's a lot of upside there. 20 to 1. 20 to 1. And then what's my long shot? When I hit a couple years back when Orb won, there was like a 45 to 1 horse that came in that I had, 
And that's why I made more money than I've ever made yeah, doing anything. Yeah, it's huge. It, what, because of that. And I, for some reason, did you tell me Golden Soul or did I get that from somebody uh, else? I know one thing uh, you like to look at is Bruno's workout report, and he loved Golden Soul. Okay, so, so yes. So, that's where I got it. So, if you, what is your long shot, your Golden Soul for this one? This year, it's Lone Sailor, who was second in the Louisiana Derby. Lone Sailor. He should be about... 30, sort of a 40 good description of me, a lone <laughs> sailor. Why? Why do you like him? Uh, he was he was pretty good as a two year old. He raced well here at Churchill. Uh, he was they were expecting some big things uh, early in his three year old year, and it didn't pan out. They tinkered with him and seemed to put it together for him to be second in the Louisiana Derby. So going in the right direction, I'd liken it to you know maybe a team with some injuries early on, and they finally got the right chemistry together and. Hopefully we're putting it together for him. And his owner died recently. So in terms of good stories for the Derby, that would be one of the well, I didn't, Which I thought you were going to think that he'd like the horse knew. Uh, well, no. <laughs> the horse but, is racing for his owner? Uh, he, the horse doesn't know that. But, you know, the people around the barn okay, are, yeah. Right. They, they, not that anyone, everyone wants to win the Derby. But yes. in, in terms of a good story, he, he, the, his, good late, his late owner is the Pelicans owner from New Orleans and Saints owner Benson. Oh, okay. So big know. name. New Orleans is behind them. You know, it'd be, one, gotcha. it'd be a cool be a good story. story. Yeah. All right. Now, I will tell you a little secret. Our our man Ed hasn't been the best with me in his big race picks. But yeah. here's what he's been good at. He's been very good at saying to me, here's my bet of the day <laughs> on Oaks and Derby Day. And it hit him. Not necessarily in that race. But you will pick one. And Drew and I have generally done well with it. So give me an Oaks and Derby Day winner. It doesn't have to be in the Oaks or Derby. Uh, and they haven't even drawn the Saturday races yet. But knowing who's running, if you see a blended citizen in a race, I would absolutely give him a thumbs blended up. Blended citizen. Yep. He was fifth in the bluegrass. Uh, but if he runs on Derby Day, it'll probably be on turf. So uh, look for him there. All right. Uh, and then on Oaks Day uh, – Eskimo Kisses is in the Oaks, and she was. Was well, sec- that a country song? Uh, it should be. If not, I think you're thinking of Butterfly Kisses. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, she was second in Keeneland on opening weekend, and I give her a big chance in the Oaks at like fifteen to one. Was that Bluegrass Stakes Day? Yep. Okay. Yeah, she was I second in Monomoy Girl. I think I bet on that race. Yeah. Yes, and I think I. I don't know if you saw on Bluegrass Day. We I had did two tries. Yeah. In random, you were flush. I I did very well (laughs) that day. All right, so um, the weather—it's you know—it's early yet to decide the weather, but there's some looks like forecast potentially of rain. Is there a horse that if it rains you like? Uh, A lot of people are saying my boy Jack, who did win at uh, Keeneland and ran well in the slop at Oaklawn. I think everyone is going to say that to the point where if it rains, he'll be so overbet, I'll lose my interest. Um, I think Bolt Dioro could be a really good horse in the mud. Now, he hasn't run in it because he's at Santa Anita, not a lot of opportunity. Uh, but one thing handicappers look at is pedigree, and he's definitely His one, mother was a mother. His mother was a mother, and his father was a mother. So if it rains, he would be one I would move up for sure. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So now here's what we'll do. You're going to write a derby thing for the site, yep. right? When will that yep. be? Uh, so they draw Tuesday, so we'll, we'll get it up Wednesday. We do one for Oaks and Derby? Yes. All right, so he yeah. will do his sort of picks of the day for the Oaks and Derby on KSR, um, and that is 
always very helpful. You do you do a great job for everybody on that. And uh, again, the, the promo code is KSR12. I didn't run this first time you've ever done that. We're just signing up, get you 12 bucks, right? Uh, I think we did 10. So we've, we've gone up up, the uh, up to 12. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of times you need to deposit to trigger the, the free money. This time it's complete the sign up. And again, you have to be new. Uh, I bet you, Nick, people can figure out how to be not new. Uh, there's a way. Well, there's a will, there's a if way. If you signed up last year and your spouse didn't, then that's an opportunity. Oh, you do socials? Is that what you do? Yeah, it's by, oh. so, yeah, it's by social. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the, the downfall of being legal and regulated is that <laughs> we, we actually have to you know, follow the tax implications. and you know. All right, so the key is if you've signed up before, go find someone else. Go find someone else and – Check that offers page because we are looking at who's used KSR before, and depending on how you've played and days you've played, giving you uh, some chance to, to earn so something. So, what is that site? Twinspires.com slash offers. Slash offers. All right. Do you it's, have a Twitter handle for I do. people to check out your picks? It's uh, EJXD2. So, my initials, and I'm Catholic, so that's why I have the extra initial in there. And EJD. D E J X D two. What's yep. the X? Xavier. Oh, so you have four names. Uh, well, yeah, first, second, and then confirmation name, and then my last name. What's a confirmation name? Uh, so Catholics uh get baptized as infants usually. Uh-huh. Um, unlike you know some other Christian religions, it might you have yeah, to decide. Yeah. So confirmation, sort of that decision process when you're of age. And they give you a name. And you pick a name, yeah. So you're Ed Jr.? Uh, yep, I'm second. Ed Jr. Xavier DeRosa. Uh, Edward James oh. Xavier DeRosa the second. And so you added Xavier. I added Xavier. What were your choices? Gonzaga? Uh, any <laughs> Anything Catholic, yeah, Gonzaga. Oh, really? So uh, it's like basically Peter, all the colleges. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Villanova? Yep, Creighton. Marquette, Creighton. <laughs> Bellarmine. I like the idea of old Ed Mississippi State DeRosa yeah. over here. <laughs> uh, all right, well, good. So EJXD2. That's it. At EJXD2. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you'll send me – the problem is I can't get service there because I, I, I try to, like, tweet out pics. It's very right. difficult yeah. to get service. I'm, are you on Verizon or AT&T? I'm on AT&T. I, I've, I've been told that they're going nuts with the boosters for those two networks. Yeah. So last so, year I could get service on Twin Spires. Yeah, I, could bet from my I had Verizon and it was it was okay. uh, Knock on whatever this okay, is. Okay, because I would be glad to, as I see EJDX2 or XD2, to tweet out some picks during the course of the day, if if I'm able to get service. Yeah. Have you seen my suit yet? I have. <laughs> what do you think? Did, did Crosby really pick that out? Is that the Cosby? Yeah, yeah Cosby. What do you think? It's a, it's a blue. <laughs> I would bet number nine in every race because you're going to match at Saddle Towel. Ooh, number nine. Number nine. Look that, at yeah, that. That's the number Why nine. Why would color. anybody say that's not awesome? It is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. I just try to picture myself in it. No, I couldn't pull it off. Well, I can't pull it off either, uh, <laughs> but I'm still going to do it because that's what. That's well. I mean, that's what Oaks and Derby's all about. I mean, just. You Put know. yourself out there, whether it's By with way, an opinion asked, or your clothes. Just so you know, I asked cameraman Daniel to take a picture of my suit, and this is what he took. Oh, wow. That was his picture. He's a cameraman? <laughs> He's a cameraman, and he took a <laughs> picture of he, your feet? He took a picture of my foot. Anyway. That's going to show up on a subreddit somewhere. 
Ed, uh, Ed, thank you very much. My pleasure. Um, and we will uh, we will continue to follow, and, and you you will start having your KSR stuff very soon. Yeah. Hey, thank well, you. Some for- people have already used the code. Have they? Yeah. Good, because we only ran at one ad. I think we ran Saturday, right? Yeah. So good. Well, all right. We will take a break. No, we won't. We're done. Yeah. Uh, this will be up tonight, right? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll see you later. This has been episode sixty-six, of the Matt Jones podcast. Send lawyers, guns, and money.